0: Everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio's Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Max. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Oh man, I hope everybody enjoyed their uh, their Philly-New Jersey doubleheader today—Eagles, uh, Giants, and Flyers, <sighs> Devils. That was quite the time watching those two games, but. We're here to talk about that shit Flyers game. Um, I don't know what to say about this team. It's time for the coach to be fired. Uh, I don't know if necessarily all the problems are the coaches, but I do know you can't get rid of every single player. And, uh, like, for how long has this team looked like shit? Like, the first five games of this season? Like, over the last how many games? Like, going back to last year, I know we don't want to keep referencing last season, but... You know, when we were told, oh, you know, COVID, weird fucked up year, the terrible goaltending, all that stuff, uh, the mix in the locker room, the mix on the ice, all these things needed to change. They did. Last year was the misnomer. Um, Here we are. The team stinks. They're they're trash. They haven't scored more than three goals in a game since, uh, I think, October 25th. Today's... November 28th, like that's fucking impossible. We're talking about four goals. I'm not asking for six or seven. The breakout just looks like one defenseman has the puck on his stick, and he's looking around, and I know exactly what he's looking at, a bunch of guys standing still. Like, we talk about the breakout, and, yeah, the passing needs to be better. The defensemen need to be smarter. But based on everything else they do, uh, what's, what are the defensemen even supposed to do with the puck? <laughs> like, I, I, no one ever gets open. The effort, you know, I hate talking about the effort, but man, they're never in on the four check. They just lose races. It's uh, it's time for AV to go. I don't know if you hand the reins over to Mike Yeo. Uh, penalty kill looks pretty good, right? I don't know if you bring in like a Boudreaux or a Tocket or, uh, you know, one of the longstanding guys who's out there. I sure as shit hope it's not Ian Le Perrier. Jesus Christ. Uh, but whatever it is, they got to do something because it's still salvageable this season. And I don't like, you know, I don't uh, even if they get A's, uh, even if they get Hayes and Ellis back tomorrow, and they're both a hundred percent. Like, I think we've seen enough to see this team isn't a cup contending team. Uh, but they have a much higher ceiling than they're playing to right now. And I don't think Elaine Vino can get it out of them. I've been resistant to the idea for for a while, uh, but. Jesus Christ. Like, how much longer do we have to watch this shit? Like, how much longer does it, how far out of it do they need to fall before they realize this thing isn't working? Uh, let's see what everyone else has to say. I'm sure people are mad. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me after my couple days off. I know I wasn't here on the Wednesday game. I saw Clearview beat Washington Township 4 to 2 at Hollydell. So that was really cool. Go view. And, uh, What the hell did I do on Friday? Oh, nothing. It was awesome. Did nothing. Uh, That like that's the dream, right? Like office space. I would do nothing. All right. uh, Let's lead it off with Anna. Anna, you're live.
1: Hey, Bill. So I know you're looking for somebody to be mad, but I want to look for the bright spots tonight. And the bright spot is Scott Lawton with a goal and an assist. He tried to put this team on his back and unfortunately it wasn't enough, but I'm really proud of him.
0: Me too. And they were talking, I think it was Jonesy and JJ during the broadcast, maybe Hartnell during intermission, but talking about putting Scott Lawton on the power play. And like at this point, why the hell not? Like reward the guy who's really working out there. Like Scott Lawton fills every role they ever ask him to fill. And obviously the guy's not an all-star, but uh, nobody is. This team stinks. Like I think he should be getting far more opportunities than he's getting right now.
1: I oh my dog's
0: barking I gotta go. <laughs> okay thanks a lot Anna appreciate it. Uh yeah uh, yeah uh, Scott Lawton I he's a guy you know what you're getting from him every night you know he's gonna give you the effort and all that uh great utility player solid penalty killer. Uh, I want to see the guy just get more opportunities up in the lineup at this point on the power play I'm not saying like oh yeah give let Scott Lawton play more that'll fix it I am saying though like. Why not? <laughs> like this team is terrible. Uh, Hunter Moyer, Hunter, Hunter, you're live on the post game. What's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Hunter?
2: <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'd, I'd rather fucking waterboard myself, asking myself questions on why I still show up and watch the game for sixty I, fucking minutes.
0: I really, I wondered. Like uh, everyone here is awesome, and like we're all loyal fans and everything. But halfway through this fucking game, if I'm not getting paid, I'm not watching that shit. So anyone else who stuck through that, like, congrats, bro. You're a great fan. Like, I, they are so hard to watch. They're boring as hell. Nothing ever happens.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, um, like, I'm at the point where it's like, where people who have been like, I don't know if it's time to hit the panic button yet. No, it's fucking time. This team's... It's it's the fact that they just don't... They don't move. Like, you, you watch them on defense, and this is what happened all last year, is they would just stand there and and use their arms. Like, they just don't use their legs. They, they're always fucking swick sting or stick-swinging, and it's so frustrating to watch. That's
0: everywhere. Like, it's like it's the hockey equivalent of not being able to walk and chew gum at the same time. Like they can't look up and pass while moving their feet. Like they can't defend and make a move. Like it's move,
2: do two things at once. It's hockey. The ice does have to work for you. Like do something. Yeah. I don't know. And like the refs, like, I know there have been a few bad calls where they just, they blatantly miss calls, but I'm at the point where they've, they've secretly had a meeting. door behind closed doors and they just they're like well fuck it we're not going to give you a penalty i mean they they i think the refs put more energy into skating back into the defensive zone and the flyers through in their own zone on the fucking power play it's Uh, it's, so
0: awful the power play just and they got like a couple of chances on that last one tonight and people like oh it's showing signs of life I was like, yes, literal signs of life, like that one heartbeat, like to show that they're not completely dead. Like getting a couple of chances, who gives a shit? Like you – there. I think I saw the stat. They were three for 40 on the power play this month. Are you kidding me? Like you should get more than – you should get more than three lucky bounces. Like <laughs> like a puck should bounce off of Mike Knubel's ass three times in a month. Like they, I, I, I'm just baffled at how they can't – like, even with getting the goaltending they've been getting, and it's been good, like, they just can't muster anything to challenge in these games. They had momentum in the third period, then suddenly they're fucking getting blown out. Like, w- what
2: happened? I don't, like, I don't, like, that's the, that's the thing where, like, it just feeds off of last year where they would just do something so right. And that happened in the Carolina game, too, is they would do something so right, and then it's like they just stop like they go to the, the face off circle in the middle and it's like, well, you know, fuck. Now we're done. We scored. Now we're just going to give up again. And I, I don't know if if like I understand like AV hasn't done a good job, what well, he didn't do a good job last year. Maybe that's on the players. And like I'm at the point where it's just me. It's the organization as a whole. Yeah. I don't know if you can blame it on one certain thing because the players haven't lived up to their expectations. The coaches obviously haven't lived up to their expectations. And I, I don't know. Like, once again, w- this year, are we coming in with too much expectation? Like, nothing has worked since pre-COVID. That's – I mean, we're – I mean, fuck. Like, <laughs> I've lived five lifetimes this <laughs> <dead level. laughs> Jesus Christ. There have been 19 variants that have come out since the Flyers have last done good. Like, it's <laughs> – it's so fucking ridiculous! Like that's it. There's been a whole Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <right
0: now. laughs> yeah. Thanks, a, thanks a lot, Hunter. I appreciate it. Yeah. Like it's just it's been a long time since they've looked right. Uh, and you know we all had hope coming into this year. And when when Hunter asks, are our expectations too high? Well, obviously, because we expected this team to be good, and they they're shit. But like, I don't know, man. When when the GM goes out and gets Ryan Ellis, when you trade a first-round pick, granted, it's for Risto, and we can talk that trade to death, but it's the idea that your first-round pick was in play because you needed a, something for right now, and it was a guy on an expiring deal. Uh, you know, Regardless if a guy's a star or not, you do that only if you're trying to win at this moment. You know, they bring in Broussard and Yandel veterans to bolster the lineup rather than giving the spots to kids. That's a sign that you're trying to win right now. So all the the whole offseason was built around the idea of, nah, it was COVID and goaltending last year. Carter Hart's going to bounce back. We believe in him. He's our franchise guy. And everyone was pissed off because they couldn't go out and party and they couldn't see their families. And you know what? I bought that because it seems like a fair excuse. If I believe the team and the players on the team are good, which I did, then there has to be like you know, outside reasons for why things went wrong. So I bought all that. They had the off season. They did. They start out, you know, first few games scoring a bunch of goals, but it has gone to shit so fast that like, man, I- I'm. It's yeah, I'm here. Fire the coach, and it really isn't like. This isn't like a oh A V is the problem sort of move. It's it's like Hunter just said. It's the whole organization might just suck. And Elaine Vigneault's the guy that's easiest to get rid of, you know? Uh oh wow, lots of callers tonight. Let's start banging these out. Jay Murph. Jay Murph, you were live on the post game.
3: Hey Bill,
4: how you doing, man?
0: How are you tonight, Jay? Uh,
4: could be better, man. <laughs>
0: I
5: feel yeah, I
4: feel uh, you. I'm right there with you. Um, man, what can I say? I mean, I, I stopped watching halfway through the game. Um, it's Good getting depressing. <laughs> um, everything that I heard on the, you know, checking out the competition, like, was pretty much exactly the way we play as well. So it was going to be a competition of uh, who could play worse on the uh, Man Advantage. Like, we play exactly the same style as them. We have that one guy sitting in front. We have the guy, we push it out to the point. Um, Women, it's been 15 years, man. Like, the whole system's broken. The medical, still the same medical stuff. Like, I I don't know, man. I've been a fan for so long, but this is just,
0: it never changes. No, it just seems like we are stuck in this, And like, I really bought the idea of like now the, you know, we needed to make a few changes to the locker room and the on ice combinations and things would get right back to where we think they should be. I was like, okay, let's see it then. And they made the changes and no, it is the exact same team still. They, They look exactly the same. Yeah, it's almost been
4: like the same team for 15 years. It's been exactly the same playing system. Um, no matter who they change, no matter what coaches they, they throw out, it, it seems like it's just going to be the same. They need to make major changes to the system because everyone knows how they've been playing because it's been the same way for the last 10 years.
0: Yeah, it really has. And uh, thanks a lot, Jay. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, uh, just, like, getting back to the idea, like, they do one thing right, and then then, then they stop. Like, did Sandheim look the most natural um, in that bumper position uh, when they tried to set him up with that Scott Hartnell, uh, Braden Shen, uh, you know, little touch pass into the middle? No, he didn't look the most natural at it. However, he got two opportunities, which is – like two more than the power place had in a fucking month, like we've seen we've seen that uh, the use of that guy work in the past i you know, I don't know if it's specifically got to be Sanheim. I thought it was more funny than anything, and shit, why not? He's a lefty he's supposed to be good offensively, although he hasn't shown it in like three years um, maybe maybe he he could excel at it. I don't know if it should be him, but whatever. Uh, fine. Get weird. Power play sucks regardless. Like use Zach McEwen. I don't care. Uh, but like it worked. They got the look and then it, like, that's it. Yeah. We're not going to go back to that. They saw it once. Like, I, I don't know, man, like fucking Braden Shen had like 26 goals one year in that spot. Like Scott Hartnell went to an all-star game. You can play in that position. I uh, maybe try it again. Uh, Chris H, Chris H, you're live on the postgame. Hey, Bill. How are you tonight, Chris? Uh, it's been frustrating.
6: <laughs> I, I'm starting to, I mean, I think the biggest hole in the lineup is the fact that this team right now does not have a 2C. Like we Oh, have- yeah. We don't – like, Kevin Hayes is a great 3C, but he's not a 2C. He doesn't drive enough offense. You know, he's like a 40-point centerman. That's not a 2C. That's a 3C with great defense. But And we were banking on Patrick being that 2C, and he busted out. And Frost looks like he's going to be a bust as well, which I wonder what's going on in the player development in AHL. If all these guys are busting. But – I mean, and we don't have that, and we, and Chuck Fletcher has failed to do that. He thought that Hayes was going to be the 2C, and he paid him all this money, and now we're stuck with the Hayes contract, and we still need a 2C. <laughs> uh,
0: like, I think if Hayes is your 2C, I would just like more of an offensively oriented first-line center, like having the combination of Couturier and Hayes, and we've only seen Hayes a couple of times this year. Uh, and they've been pretty successful when he's been healthy in the lineup. But if you're not, they just don't have any dynamic offensive players outside of Claude Giroux. Uh, Joel Farabee might get there one day. He uh, he's he's on another three-game goal streak. That's cool. But he's got one goal, you know, before that, and like the 14 games before that. Uh, he just has to get a little better, get a little more consistent. But after all this time, they don't have anyone who's close to as good as Claude Giroux. And Claude Giroux isn't exactly as good as he used to be. So it's just like they don't have enough offense at any spot, really. Like they don't have any guy who is just a dynamic offensive player uh, capable of carrying an offense. And when the depth is depleted even just a little bit, yeah, they just go into – they haven't scored more than three goals in a game since the Edmonton game on October 25th. That's insane. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I
6: don't know why they're refusing to put Drew back at center, I guess because they don't have enough forwards. But like you said, there's not enough depth at the forwards if you move Drew back to center because, you know, Oscar Limbaum is, I don't even know why he's in the lineup, honestly. I know that's harsh, but he's not scored in, what, 20 games now? Uh, And you got him, you got you know, you had Nate Thompson. I mean, half of the bottom six is just full of scrubs (laughs) and you got JVR making $7 million a year. And I'm like, I mean, it's just a mess.
0: They are. They are, Chris. It's, they, they have so, and thanks a lot for the call. They have so many holes in this lineup right now. Like, man, JVR just can't find the back of the net and that's what he's getting paid to do. Like, he sucks right now. He is killing them with the, the injuries they have, the guys they have out. They need the top end, you know, the supposedly top end players to step up. They need to carry this team, and they are just completely incapable. Like, it is not a group of guys who you can just, like, yeah, win us some games. They, they just, it's not in them. This was a team built to survive on depth, and the depth just ain't there. Harris
7: Barnes, Harris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. How are you? Um, other than like firing a V, do you like if you were the GM, would you consider uh, waving someone who the guys like in the dress room just to shake things up and show that no one is safe, or or at least put guys out for trade like JVR, Yandel, Lindblom, like wave one of those guys and send a message to the dressing room that no one's safe.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think basically all options are on the table. Um, I hate losing an asset for nothing to, like, prove a point. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it. Like, you know, they, they don't have enough defensemen right now, but it's not like losing fucking Keith Yandel is going to cost them the season. Like, I don't completely hate that idea, you know. It's not like he makes them any better or worse. He's just a guy on the team right now. Um. Uh, yeah, they, I, I think any and all options should be on the table. I think the GM the GM put himself in a position by making the moves he made this offseason that he can't just sit on his hands. Like, this thing is coming apart. We've seen it snowball out of control just a few months ago. You can't let that happen again.
7: Uh, yeah, and, like, one of the things, like, I just think the team needs to be more physical. I don't think they're physical enough, and I know, like, yeah running out of plays to like go after hits it. probably not a smartest idea but like the blues and kings won cups and just like had very good success for different stretches because like their their forwards their d played more physical and, and they played with identity
0: yeah i was watching the last few games and like i love physical hockey and uh I don't think they're fast enough to be physical. Like to be physical, that means you have to be in a race or be in like be in position to be in a battle. Like forget winning it. Like they're not they're fast enough. The like you they dump the puck in and the defenseman retrieving it never gets hit because there's no one close to him. Like they're not even playing dump and chase, they're just punting. They basically just punt. Like, they are not fast enough to get down there and engage in the game physically half the time, uh, let alone, like, oh, can't even think about, like, crashing the net a little bit. That would just be insane. No, in order to generate offense, what you have to do, carry the puck in over the blue line, stop at the top, circle around, and then pass it to a defenseman who is probably covered. That is the only way to generate offense in this league, apparently.
7: Yeah, I just... um, It seems weird how... And perplexing how much they've fallen off over the last two years when they had something going right before the pandemic and then, yeah, just fallen mm. all apart. And the league changes quickly, but, like, how do you drop off that much? They looked
0: so good. Like, I'll never get those three months out of my mind on what the ceiling of this team is, but at this point, that's the aberration.
7: Like, they've sucked since then. Yeah, like what they had the stretch in 2017-18 to to barely make it and then they had the stretch from January to mid-March before the pandemic, but like everything else it's pretty mediocre and not much identity. So.
0: Yeah. All right, thanks a lot Harris. It's get it all out tonight, folks. Tonight is a night to just vent, uh start off your week, you know, end your Sunday night complaining about the Flyers. Just what we all want to be doing. Talking about this shit fucking hockey team uh Kyle Goss you're live on the post game Kyle you up oh, there you go
8: oops sorry about that yeah so go. hey I'm that uh, that pissed off drunk guy right now but like for the last what 10 12 years now basically since the 2012 playoffs there's been what 2 3 GMs 2 3, three coaches a whole myriad of players the only consistency have been Drew and Couturier, and they've been dog shit ever since. It's like, is this team fucking cursed, or what the hell is going on? Because like, they got gifted the number two overall pick. That was Nolan Patrick, who was dog shit. He can't do anything. When Kale McCarr and and, and was still on the fucking board. It's like, what, what can we do to even try to become better at this point? Do we have to blow it all up and, and start from scratch again, or what's going on with these fuckers?
0: They're really... They're really barreling towards having to do that. And, like, I think there are moves that can be be made, but, like, they're substantial moves. Like, you, you're you going to have to continue, like, first of all, hope Hayes and Ellis are, like, contributors for this thing. And then, you know, I, I hate even thinking about the offseason right now, but it's like, look at the standings. This team is going to have to go on a run just to even be close by the time we get to playoff time. Uh, man, they are bow- barreling towards something I've really been, really been dreading for years, and the idea that they have to start over
8: at some point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like with Hextall, like his whole thing was, you know, draft, 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 and we never went into a full rebuild. What he should have done was just a full rebuild, just you know, torn it all down at that point. because he never did, never committed, it's like you know, now we're stuck in the middle and we're just complete dog shit again. You know he he never did anything right. All his draft picks were were dog shit, and there's nothing nothing good that happened with him It really isn't like the amount that
0: they got out of those drafts and and thanks a lot, Kyle, uh like, man, what have they really netted from any of those like yeah if Carter Hart is the guy, then maybe it was all worth it. but God damn, like they made a lot of picks, and very few of them are even contributors in the NHL. Uh, let alone like being, you know, any sort of guy that you can build around for the future. Um, The non-first rounders have all just been disasters outside of like Limblom, pre-diagnosis and uh, Carter Hart. Uh, I will say NAK from all reports is playing pretty well uh, on the third line in Colorado, but you know he's playing the right side, and there's just so much fucking talent in Colorado. Like I, I can't. How could anyone be bad? Like <laughs> you're probably passing to a guy who would be on a first line here. Uh, Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the
9: post game. Hi, right, Bill. Um, yeah, just a comment. I, I think you got to blow it up. This, this, this team is. It's just not going to turn around this year, and it's nothing to do with injuries. They just don't have that good of a team. They don't have a number one line. They don't have a number one
10: pairing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they just don't – they just do not appear to have another level. Like, when they play well and everything clicks, that's cool, but it's very hard for them to get there and maintain it. Like, they're not good enough to play that way for any stretch of time.
9: Now, did you see that sequence with TK tonight? Where he kept fumbling the puck all over the place. I no. I. Well, in I think it was towards the end of the first period. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with that guy, but you know he was a pretty good player a few years ago. He just. He, he was t- he just seems it, to have, It's unbelievable. To a bit some. Of, some of these guys are. I don't know of Av and. I can't believe it's the coach, but maybe. I can't believe this team is this bad.
0: No, it's, it's tough. And thanks a lot, Warren. They, uh, I don't, I don't like, again, I don't think it's all on Elaine Vigneault. Like these players, when you're on the ice, go fucking make a play. Ain't no one going to bench you for making a play. You know, go, go do it. Um, but it's going to be very difficult for Chuck Fletcher to, to make any additions or any, uh, substantial moves with this roster until the off season, of course. Um, with their cap situation, the the one move you can make is maybe a different voice gets a little more out of these guys, and don't want to put it all on Av, but he certainly isn't helping. You know, it's it, what what what's he doing to help the situation? That's what you got to ask yourself. It's not just about like, uh, you know. All right, let's just get back to the calls. Will Holland, Will, you're live on the post game.
11: Oh, uh, thanks, Bill. Can you hear me? I got you. Yeah. I don't know what it is with this team. I've been a fan for like 10 years, like really watching these guys. And it feels like we're going to have to wait another dec- decade for these guys to go far into the playoffs. It's 2010, the cup final. 20 like During the pandemic, they went to the game seven, second round. And now they're terrible again. Just blow it up. They're terrible. The offense can't keep the defense off of their heels. Which can't keep the goalies from fucking having to stand on their heads every night. It's terrible. The defense looks like they're fumbling over themselves every night, turnover after turnover. It's awful. I was at the Canes game the other night with my dad, uh, and the Canes just look like they're on a totally another level from the Flyers. Like they look like a minor team playing like an actual NHL team. The skill level is insane.
0: Yeah, it's it it like it really seems like they've been targeting the wrong like types of players. Like watching really good teams, uh, I've noticed, like watching Tampa, watching Carolina, watching um Colorado. Like are there third and fourth liners studs? Uh, you know maybe they have better depth, but it's not like these guys are superstars. But they fucking like they're all they all like have a trait. Like, all right, you know, is he – does he have hands? No. But guess what he can do? Skate. Like, if you just have a ton of speed, like, you will be able to beat so many teams. Like, a fast third line would absolutely shred the Flyers. Like, uh, they they just do not have – it's like – they go for the, okay, well, he's not this, he's not this. But overall, he's a nice player, but no overwhelming single trait and – That's kind of what they need, like some speed, some fucking offense, like even great vision. They just don't seem to target those guys. They
11: just don't have any, like, really skilled, like, high-leg players that just stand out from the rest of the pack. Like, TK goes invisible for 15 games, and then he scores, and then we're all like, oh, TK's back, and then he'll disappear for another 15 games. It's just, I don't know, it's terrible. Everything's just terrible.
0: Pretty much everything's just terrible. Will you may you may have just named the episode for me? We'll see how uh, we'll see how this goes here. Uh, Tony Ski, Tony, you're live on the post game.
3: Oh, hey, Bill, can you hear. Me?
0: There you go. Yeah, I got gotcha. you.
3: Hey. Yeah, I you know, I was thinking I watch these games, and and you know, one of the most frustrating things for me is watching the way they rely on the boards. I mean, I don't know how old you were back when, like I used to watch Dave Prop and. I mean, Brian Propp and Dave Poole and those guys, Mark Howe, and, you know, they were always passing tape to tape. And, uh, you know, I remember Lindros and Claire. I don't remember those guys relying on the board so much. It seems like we have control of the puck, and it's like – and sometimes it seems like Drew's like, one of the worst, although, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Drew, You know, he gets control of the puck, and he'll just kind of sling it behind the net, and all of a sudden it's a toss-up. And it kind of drives me crazy watching these guys rely on the board so much. But
0: No, they they do, like, rim it around way too much, and, like, that's the – Like, Giroux can get away with it because he can do anything he wants with the puck. He's good at it. But then when everyone else tries it, it's like, well, like, you are not Claude Giroux. Why not just try to make the pass? Or better yet, shoot the fucking thing. Try to bury a rebound. Like, get a greasy goal. Uh, But it does seem like, yeah, just the high-level ability, like, that that ability to make a tape-to-tape pass and, like, catch it in stride and with your head up and in shooting position. Like they don't have any of that.
3: No, not at all. And and it seems like when, when it seems like when one guy goes on a slump with these, with this team uh, year after year, it's like the entire team goes into a slump. I, I don't get it, but you know, and we're, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to go to, uh, I got the Vegas game coming up in December 8th and then Arizona December 9th. I'm supposed to go to both of those games and, you know, at least maybe I'll get a win out of Arizona, I hope. But, shit, I'm, I'm scared to, to watch the Vegas game, but maybe I'll get a good pre-show, pre-game show out of it.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, it's, I got, I'm, I'm going to the game against Colorado, and I've been looking forward to it. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching all Colorado's great players. I'm not looking forward to watching the goddamn Flyers at all.
3: <laughs> I know, no kidding. Hey, thanks, Bill. All
0: right, thanks a lot, Tony. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Nikki Hall. Nikki, you are live on the post game.
12: Hey, Bill. How's it going?
0: How are you tonight, Nikki?
12: Eventful day. In, oh, hello? Hello? Testing, testing. You there? Okay. Hello? You got me, Nikki? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was an eventful day, but I mean, that's unrelated. Um, Honestly, when I first took a look at all these offseason moves, on paper, it looked like we had a decent team. Did it not?
0: Yeah, I think you know. I don't want to use injuries as an excuse, but it does seem that the injuries have really taken a toll. Obviously, I, I that's it's why I'm leaning towards firing the coach now mm-hmm. uh, because regardless of what you think of this team, they're better than they're playing, mm-hmm. and that tells me someone is someone else has to be able to get more out of them than what this
12: guy's getting. Oh, without a doubt. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, I I, I I think most people or most callers have probably already touched up on this, but it's like, I don't know if this has just been an ongoing trend with us constantly passing the fucking puck and playing hot potato. Like, why can't we just shoot one at the net and see what happens? Like, okay, if there we don't get the rebound, okay, you know, at least if, you know, we have to take some sort of risk, I'm not saying to go risk heavy, but at least take a risk every once in a while or when you get the opportunity to. Like, yeah, it may backfire, but you're not going to know until you try. You know, I, I'm kind of going to I'm gonna be honest. I'm low-key sick of all this passing game and not shooting the damn puck. It, it, it's starting to really pile up with this team. I'm like, it's just so the team cannot score.
0: They are horrible at putting the puck in the net. So, like, why are you trying to overcomplicate it? Like, do everything you can. Fucking pick it up and throw it in the net. Spear the goalie. Like, whatever. Like, take a penalty, they, even. Yeah, like, <laughs> do, do literally anything other than, like, overpass six times. You're not skilled enough to make these passing plays. Most of these guys are grinders. Like, you're not good enough to – if every goal is going to require completing four passes, you will never score. Get no. a shot on net and try to get the rebound. Something like it, it's just it's unbelievable.
12: Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous how, like, they have this passing consistency. Like, I, you, you're not going to get results if you're not throwing the puck on the net. Like, just throw the puck on the net and really just call it a day. Like, OK, I get it. You got to set up, but it shouldn't take you five minutes to set up some kind of some kind of play like I've seen teams take literally seconds to set up a play and shoot and more times than not, something does happen, whether it's a penalty, you know, a shot rebound, whatever. But like, you know, we need to get, we need to get more people in that shoot first mentality. Cause like it's, it's torching this team and it's looking more and more like last year's team. And honestly, I'm, getting kind of sick of seeing it. because And I, in a sense, I feel bad for both Hart and Jones because they're playing their asses off. Yeah, they're
13: fine.
12: We're, we're, and the team isn't backing them up. It's like with the Phillies and the pitching. Like, they don't have the run support. They have – I mean, their pitching step isn't exactly the best, but they have good pitchers. They're not getting – well, it was for a while. I don't know if it's the same case now. But they don't, they don't have the run support. Same with the Flyers. They have great – their goaltending is great, but they need the offense to back them up. They don't have that. It looks bad on them, in a sense.
0: No, certainly. Thanks a lot, Nikki. Like, I I saw it today the the Flyers as a whole were like top five, maybe top three in the league in save percentage. Like, goalies are doing their job. Uh, you know, someone if you can't if you are incapable of scoring four goals in a game, which the Flyers have not done in a month, like you're not going to win that often. It doesn't matter what kind of doesn't matter what kind of goaltending you're getting. If you cannot score, you're not going to win shit. Plain and simple. Uh, Anna's back. Anna. How's your dog?
1: He's better now. He's sleeping.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) So I was listening to, I think it was the PDO cast, but definitely some hockey podcast this week, and they were speculating that the Flyers might trade Drew's expiring contract. And I just scoffed. I was like, Drew is a Flyer for life. That's never going to happen. But now I'm starting to wonder... You know, is it worth considering as a last resort? I Man, I keep uh it keeps coming up
0: and I keep thinking there's no way they trade him. But shit, like we're getting to a point where why wouldn't he kinda just be like and grant, like it's gonna be really hard for basically any team, especially a contending team, to take on, you know, eight million in uh in cap space. That might be the most difficult part. Maybe the Flyers eat some and you know, um, yeah, for a better return or whatever. But uh, I, I don't see it. But if this gets like bad, if it snowballs like last year and they just look like absolute shit, then I, I, you have to consider it, right? Like as much as I don't want it, I want Giroud here for life. I wanna, I wanna get better players, but I want him to be a part of this thing. I, I don't know if you can afford it. I don't know if it's if it's even feasible.
1: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I wish there there was a way f- to succeed with him. But if he wants, like, a really expensive contract coming up, I just don't see how it's feasible.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the, the precedent was set a little with uh, when Couturier took what looked at the time, at least, to be a pretty team-friendly deal. Uh, and it, it is, like, considering his position and his recent productivity. Um, You know, I assume Giroux would do such a thing. He did just make over $8 million for eight years, but I would never tell a player take less than you can get. I would like it for me personally, but like if what he wants is out there from another team, uh, do I want to give that to him just because I like the guy? I want, I want Claude Giroux to be here when this team is eventually good. No, because it won't be possible perhaps like, It'll. I'll have to see the numbers, what they come down to. But this Giroux situation is getting more complicated, especially as the losses keep mounting up.
1: It's almost like. Am I no, you're. Uh-huh. No, you are. Um, it's almost you're, like you're the Wayne Simmons now, yeah. situation, where you love him and he's a flyer for life, but it just doesn't make sense anymore.
0: Yeah, like I, I said the whole time, I hope someone gives Simmons you know, seven years and five million dollars a year, but. I really hope it ain't the Flyers, you know? And look at what Simmons is now. He's a nice fourth-line role player, but he's nowhere near that productive player. If they had given him that long-term contract, they would be kicking themselves. I don't want to say that's what's going to happen with Claude Giroux because he'll always have his hands and shit. He's, what, 33 almost or almost 34, and he hasn't declined a ton yet, but – how much can you really dedicate to a guy who's going to sign the deal at 34 years old?
1: And that's the thing. Maybe now is the time to move him because of his lack of decline. He's still worth a lot.
0: I would consider it for the first time ever. Anna. I'm like, and it's not because I like it's him uh, that they're not good. Like not any of the reasons he gets criticized for, but just because like uh, they might be running out of options here.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm thinking, like, last resort. All right, thanks, Bill. All
0: right, thanks a lot, Anna. Uh, let's see here. Justin Tomita, Justin Tomita, you are live on the post game. Justin, you're muted. There you go. Oh, Yo, sorry, Bill, I got you here. You're good.
14: Dude, Ed Snyder would be rolling over in his freaking grave right now if you saw this team. What What really pisses me off is they just – they they don't even outwork the other team. It's like, if you don't have the skill, at least you got to outwork the team. But I just want to puke, watching them lose these one-on-one battles and just no, no puck support, just pucks in deep. One F one goes in the other two, like Hartnell said in the intermission, like not even in the picture frame. And, uh, and it just really like, how did the penguins win? Frickin Crosby and Malkin are out and they're putting together like five game winning streaks. They went through like one little slump and that's it. So it's like, it makes me question the system that the players are in from the coaches, just not maximizing where the, where the skill set lies. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: No, like there absolutely uh, must be a player development issue at some level here because like statistically it's almost impossible to have drafted this many guys in the last five years and have this few of them contributing. Like they don't all have to be stars. It'd be nice if one of them was close to one, but like, your third and fourth line should be made up of those guys, and they should be good for you. They have to go out and buy third and fourth liners because these dudes aren't working out in the system. Like, that should not be the case. There has to be some sort of serious player development issue. It can't all just be they all every draft pick was bad. Like Some of them probably are just bad picks, busts, better guys on the board than what they took, sure, but that can't be the case with literally every single guy.
14: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know beyond Frost who I, um, I'd have to disagree with the other, uh, caller that said that Frost isn't, is a bust because I think he's, I think he's pretty skilled. I think he'll be solid and Farabee should be solid, but I just think that, sorry, I'm at the airport right now, getting on a flight, but, uh, I just, I, I don't see any other depth beyond Frost and Farabee. Like, maybe Cam York on the DN, but who knows? I haven't heard anything if he's even close to being ready or what, you know? I don't even know who we call up at this point. It's it's not looking good.
0: Yeah, yeah, and thanks a lot, Justin. Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I agree with Justin. Like It looks like Frost has skill and he can develop into something. Is that something, like, you can build around? No, he's a piece. Uh, he's depth. But you need that. You know, you need – I still hear this background noise. Does anyone else hear this?
14: That was crazy.
0: Uh, hum, doink is your
14: lies. No, sorry. That was me, man. Hey, that was me. me? Yeah, it's, the, it's the jet engines. But, yeah, we just don't have a game breaker. That's what they need to flyers need to go get, you know. As much as I'd love to say Coots is a game breaker, G was, you know, seven years ago, but – They need a freaking game breaker. We just don't have one.
0: That's wild. I thought I hit. I don't even see you in the call.
5: I don't either. Well,
0: thanks a lot. Uh, Yeah, Hung, you're up. Hey, what's
5: up, though? Um, So, yeah, I want to continue to piggyback what you were talking about with how all these players are bust. And what I think it was Will, who was the caller earlier, who was saying he can't see this team being good for another 10 years. and. I agree. Like there has to be something wrong with this team. We've tried everything at this point. We, we fired Hackstall those years ago. We determined it was the coach. Then we determined it was the players. Now we're back to the coach again. Are we going to fire the GM again? Like, like what's going to happen? Like the only way I see the Flyers being good and actually contending for a Stanley cup is we need to bottom out. Like it's going to be after the Giroux era. Like I know people have been talking about getting Drew out of here. I would hate, hate to see that happen. Because I love him so much. Um, but if if that doesn't happen, the only way I see them being good is us bottoming out, getting some superstar player, and being carried by just how talented these people are. Um, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you.
5: Oh, I apologize. It says it's it's muted on my screen. Something must be going on with the app right now.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's, some people have been having issues with the mute button tonight. It seems like this whole thing's fucking fucking weird tonight.
5: Yeah, but, but yeah, that's how, it, like, it just, it, it seems like we're running into a brick wall right now. Like, I I don't know where else to go.
0: Yeah, and uh, thanks a lot. Um, I just, man, to think about after that, after what we went through, just how frustrating the mediocrity has been, and for that to result in nothing, to have to then go through an actual process-style process, Bottoming out, God damn it! I'll tell you, I, I do think the Flyers are going to try to buy their way out of this before they attempt to, uh, before they attempt to tank and try to, you know, start over with young guys because this team is so, this franchise, this organization is so desperate to like be relevant again that, I, man, I just don't see it. Uh, I, I must. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they would have the stomach for half-empty building, last place sort of situation. I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I see it. Uh, Johnny Dyer. Johnny, you're live on the post game.
15: How's it, Bill? How are you? I've been better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like. So uh, I think the last post game we talked, you and I figured out that they're gonna. Um, Mike Yo's gonna be the head coach. They're gonna get rid of. Uh, Terrian and then is going to fall on a sword for that guy. Are we also looking at uh, Mark Bergevin as the new GM? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really if you want to tank, go all out. Get Mike <laughs> Yo as your head coach, put Mark Bergevin as your GM and profit. I think that's how the the meme works. Hey man, look at look at the look at this penalty kill. Mike Yo might be the answer. <laughs> <laughs> They're out scoring I, the power play. It's unbelievable. It's like you, almost they should score by accident, like you said already. Like it just yeah by accident they should score on the power play, but they, they went actively trying not to. They went three for forty on the month. That's impossible. <laughs> Fantastic. I, <laughs> it's I think I don't know if it was the last post game or if it was you guys were talking on Broad Street Hockey about it, um, but I. Now I'm thinking about it. it might've been Broadway hockey. You guys were talking about who got you into the sport. You were just talking about half empty buildings and people not going anymore. And like, when was the last time this team was real fun to watch aside from that little stretch they had, you know, like right before the bubble or whatever, like yeah. 2010, yeah. right before then I'm about your age or whatever. We got in to the, to the flyers about, you know, with, with Lindros and the Claire, like I, you know, some of us were watching before them, but like he really pulled in a lot of fans and like kind of rejuvenated a fan base. I, I, I would, I think that was one of the things you guys were talking about on the, on the yeah. podcast previous. And now there's young fans. They they've never had that experience. Like maybe they saw they never saw Prime Giroud. They never got to see Mike Richards, who was fantastic to watch. They never saw Hall of Famer Chris Pronger. Like who who do they have? to pull them into these games. Carter-Hart maybe. Maybe. Like this yeah, and like, this no, franchise who, doesn't want to lose fans and have half-empty half-empty arenas. Like they're they're well on their way to having that. Yeah, and that's like they're they're
0: already like feeling it. Like they already even though they've just been mediocre and not terrible, like they've just been so irrelevant in the city for so long that, like, they are feeling that. And that last caller was right. Like, stars sell tickets. They need some fucking star power. Like, maybe they're thinking Johnny Goudreau is going to sell out this building after they get him this summer. But, you know, I, I love Johnny. Johnny's a stud. Uh, but is he even, like, is he good enough to carry this offense? Like I get, you know, you put him and Couturier and Drew together. I guess so, but even then, like, okay, we have a high-functioning line one, and then what? All right, uh, let's go to Dan Allen. Dan, you are live on the post game.
13: Hey, Bill, uh, I uh, totally agree with the last caller, Johnny. You know, uh, about guys, tre- you know, needing something about the team to get fans into things. Like the flyer this Flyers team desperately needs a Mike Richards, my favorite Flyer ever. But, uh, yeah, um, I actually didn't see any of this game because I was at work and good riddance. Lucky you. Uh, but I was at the Carolina game, uh, and uh, I had a very – there was a very nice family from Holland sitting next to me, funny enough. And uh, they didn't seem to know anything about hockey, so they were asking me, you know, who's uh, – we live in the area, but we don't know the team. Who's the best players on, on the Flyers? And I said – I pointed out Giroux. I said he's the most skilled player I pointed out Couturier. I said he's probably the best overall player. And then I pointed out Atkinson, said he'll get a lot of shots. I pointed out Ristolainen, said it'll hit a lot of people. And Hart, And said he's a really good goalie. And I had no desire to name any of the other players on the team. Of course, then uh, therapy scored the greatest goal of the season, which made me look kind of silly. But yeah. But my point is that there's just there's so few players in this team that are inspiring. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks a lot, Dan. I was, your signal was a little in and out there, but uh, no, it it gets back to the idea. Like I was saying, um, it doesn't like, they always seem to go for a guy like, Oh, well he, his all around game. Like, yeah. We always talk about players like, Oh, you know, when, when they build up the top six, if we have them in our bottom six, we'll have a great bottom six. Like it's, it's full of those sorts of guys who just, nice all-around player, and you need those utility guys, Uh, but man, if you just were like, yeah, we have four guys on our fourth, or we have three guys on our fourth line, they're all super fucking fast, like, uh, who was it, was it Kyle Wellwood who could fly, like, three Kyle Wellwoods, you know, Uh, or Eric Wellwood, I think Kyle Wellwood's someone I went to high school with. I think that's the case. Uh, regardless, like, just like, uh, and Harry Zolnerchuk, wasn't he fast as shit? Like, just a bunch of those guys. Like, we have the fastest bottom six. We have the fastest, like, something, like, guys with a single skill that is better than the person they're up against. Even if, you know, okay, they're not, you know, they don't have the best shot. They don't have the best two-way game. They're not the most all-around good, play- but they just ha- bring something to the table that would help them win their shift. Uh, like it, it gets this team, it gets back to them having no identity because they try to all just you know play the Sean Couturier way of okay, yeah, solid two-way play, uh, you know, just a good. Or over- and it, it just leads to uh, and there's no one to just finish or uh, you know we really don't have an identity. I just. I hope what I'm made, saying is making sense because, like, I, I feel like I'm almost to the point, but I haven't quite got there yet. Uh, Reese, Reese LaRoche, you are live on the post game. You are muted, Reese. There you go. Hello? Now you're muted. Okay. Yeah, there you are. There we yep.
16: go. So uh, I have a few points just to make. So what is it with our – our team being, like, we have some players that just can't be consistently good. Like, Travis me a few years ago, just, you know, 61 points. And last year, he was shit. You know, he, was, he wasn't, he was like, and now he's, like, he had a good start. But now he's just, like, we just have a bunch of hammers that, you know, that fall off all the fucking time. And, like, I, I just, I, I, I'm, I like, 19 years old. So, I started becoming a fan of this team in, like, the 2012 year. So, I literally had one fun year of watching this team ever since then it's been like pretty much downhill you know and it's it's really getting frustrating just watching this team and i think the problem lies with the fact that we never went through a a complete rebuild we just kind of like retooled on the fly while we had jake and g just kind of carrying this team and we get like mid-round picks and just we have like the other caller said we have no fucking um star power on this team because of that and anyway what, what do you think
0: yeah, I mean, they seriously need that star power. And just like you talk about the consistency when everybody is like a second to third liner in terms of like overall production. Well, that means they're going to have slumps. If, you know, if they were a point of game player, they, they'd be stars. And since they're all like 55, 60, 65 point guys, like, yeah, when they all slump together, this is what the offense looks like because they don't have anybody who has that consistent you know 90 points in them yeah. uh, to be able to carry you through other guys slumps when you know to just be that superstar and they desperately need it. Yeah, and we don't have like
16: we don't have a fast um, four-checking bond 6 that can, you know, um, kind of keep up the energy while our you know Kevin Hayes is injured, while Ryan Ellis is injured, you know, we don't have a we don't have a grinding we we have grinders but they're not really that good <laughs> they're not really skilled at putting the puck in the net all they do is just kind of you know hit some guys here and there and they're not really um you know they pass the puck like six seven times but can't fucking finish you know like i'm just like i'm so frustrated with this goddamn team i can't even
0: like i'm literally like just anyway yeah <laughs> thanks a lot reese and that's that's uh that's how we all feel right now just like we see it. It's in front of us. It turns out our worst fear is true, and they're not that good. Like, they just aren't very good, and it's, it sucks because, man, there's a lot of fucking games left, and which means there's time to turn it around. But after what happened last year and how they just let it spiral out of control, like, shit, Man. That could de- – what if – we keep saying they have no identity. What if that's the identity of this team? They're just soft. And I don't mean even mean toughness-wise. I just mean, like, when things go wrong, they go real wrong. Like, that's the identity of this team. Uh, fuck you is live.
10: I just want to say I'm mad that this app has turned my name back to my old name for no reason at all. <laughs> But you know what? It's fitting because it's the reason I picked the name to begin with. Um, I just want to say, obviously being this late as a caller, that I agree with so many points, right? Um, Goalies still looking good. I mean, I haven't looked at it recently because why do I want to look at stats when it's depressing? But six games ago, before we started this, you know, Jones and Hart were both in the top 10 for, say, percentage in the league, right? I doubt that that's still true, but I still think that they're playing super well. And I honestly feel bad for them, that nobody is helping them. You know, um, it wasn't tonight, but it was their last game where I just saw them give up seven plus turnovers in their own defensive zone until the enemy team scored. And it's like, s- Stop. <laughs> Stop with all the turnovers in your own zone. Like, help your goal. I mean, I feel like they'd be doing so much better if they could just get the puck out of the zone.
0: uh, Getting the puck out of the zone is such an issue. Uh, Like, uh, the Carolina game, I just... uh, A a dude like um, Nate Thompson, who's now out of the lineup, injured, but, like, man, you're in the lineup for one reason, and it's because you won't make a stupid mistake. Like, that's it. That's why you're here. So when you clear it up the middle like four times, bro, you, you don't belong it. Like, clearly you just suck. If you can't do anything high end and the little stupid shit that, you know, you're supposed to be the one, uh, the calming presence, he's got the gray beard, playoff hockey, et cetera. Well, if he's going to clear it up the middle, there ain't going to be no playoffs. You know, so what what is the point of him? They just had so much of that and just the breakout as a whole – Like, watching it tonight, just looking at the defensemen, they're back there with the puck, and we talked about this. Hartnell brought it up when he was talking about the forecheck. You know, the breakout's the exact same thing. You see one guy, he's got the puck on his stick, maybe his defensive partner, and then all the forwards, I don't know if they're standing still. I don't know if they're just, like, up at the opposing blue line, but there's not anyone breaking back. There's just no help. It's this stationary team. It's It's the most frustrating thing to watch.
10: Yeah, I agree. And one thing a previous caller brought up was um, the Flyers drafting, especially under Hextall, and, and more recently um, about. And you mentioned it too, Bill, not drafting fast skaters. Well, one thing I've noticed the team drafting is is high hockey IQ, right? Every every time you watch a draft over these past ten years, it's, oh, this guy's got high hockey IQ. This guy's got high hockey IQ, but his skating's not great. When I watch these players play on the ice and they get the puck in their own zone, neutral zone, wherever, the plays they're making aren't high IQ plays. I'm like, you're passing it to the other team 90 percent of the time.
13: Yeah. So what yeah. are we,
10: what are we drafting?
13: I
0: I really don't know, man. I, I it's like the the offensive strategy for a few years now is just like every time they actually decide to carry the puck in, which is rarely, like they take it to the outside they get to about the top of the circle and then they stop and they spin around and then they dish to the point like uh, every single every fucking hockey interview ever talks about getting pucks deep and when they get the puck on their stick they go the opposite direction pucks are not deep pucks are at the point the furthest point you can be with the puck and still be in the offensive zone like If they were allowed to be further away, they would be. The blue line is stopping them from being further away from the net. It's it's not high IQ. It's not high skill. It's just boring perimeter stationary hockey.
10: I'm sorry. I'm laughing so hard at the blue line stopping them from being farther away. Comment. If
0: there was no fucking blue line, they'd shoot from the red line.
10: Like, (laughs) it's unbelievable. Um I'll, I'll say one last thing so somebody else can go, but um, actually, I lost the point. Just give it to somebody else. There we go.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, It's that kind of night. I feel you. Jesus. All right. Let's try to knock some of these out here. AJ Longwell, you're live on the post game.
17: Hey, um, what's up with Ivan Provorov?
0: <laughs> Man, I just... Um... He clearly needs a really good partner to be good, and uh, he just isn't. He just isn't a number one. To, like he's not a first pair defenseman. He's just a guy out there. He's he's like everyone else on the team right now, honestly. Just a guy. He's got a jersey and a locker, so I guess he's a part of the team. Uh, but he just there's nothing special about him whatsoever.
17: Yeah, I just like, I watch him read the play and not really move his feet and go to the corners and not really try to win a battle and get the puck on his stick and looks like he has no clue like what decision to make and and how to read the ice
0: yeah he uh like when was the last time he made a play that you were like damn okay nice Ivan like he just makes so few high end plays
17: yeah it's really weird. Um, and uh, do you have a, a two-game review on Morgan Frost in the NHL? Because I thought he looked pretty solid against Florida. Saw some real creativity. Saw less of it tonight, but he really didn't see anything out of anyone tonight. So who's to judge?
0: Yeah, and thanks a lot, AJ. Um, with Frost, looks like he's got some vision, some skill, some creativity. And, I mean they don't have anyone else like this is his opportunity now to show what he's got uh like two game review of him let's see some more that's that's what i want out of morgan frost like just bring more of that on every shift i think he's done well to uh get low in the zone and try to help out on defense where he can he does seem to have that passing ability the ability to find an open guy where maybe um, you know, it's not the, he's got that creativity and that vision. It, maybe it's not the easy play. Maybe it's not the play that's screaming to you, uh, but he finds someone there. There's an upside to his game. Uh, he, he, he's got some offensive skill. Um, can he be a consistent producer in this fucking league? I have no idea at this point. It, yeah, we'll see. Uh, obviously I don't think he's like a star or anything. We, I think we'd know that by now, but let's see some more. Like I'm all for Morgan Frost. This is your opportunity. This is it right here. Stick around. Make them keep you. Please make them keep you. For God's sake, make them keep you. Cause we don't have anyone else. Joe Hill, Joe Hill, you're live on the post game.
18: Hey Bill. Um, Can you hear me?
0: I got
9: you. Yeah. What's up?
18: Right on. Um, Yeah. I've actually listened a few times, but finally figured out how to uh, set this thing up to talk to you. Um, so just make a couple of points if, uh, if that's all right. Um, one thing that I notice of why uh, of why they seem to struggle, um, their transition game is any time a fucking defenseman gets the puck, they are either immediately rimming it up the boards, trying to bank it off, and opposing clubs just sit waiting at the blue line to intercept these
10: passes.
0: Yeah, and it's – our wingers are right up at the blue line on the boards, and, like, the opposing winger can just hang out right on the half wall and intercept it, and worst-case scenario, it's, it's not even a breakout pass. It's a breakout puck battle. Maybe Travis connecting will poke get by the point man, or maybe he won't. And, like, that's, that's our breakout strategy. Right, like, that's it right there. That's oh uh, yeah, we're gonna rim it around. Hopefully, it gets up to the point and uh, our guy can win a puck battle. Like that's and, how they break the
13: puck out.
18: Right, and, and you know you're you're talking about you know some of these defensemen not turning out or not growing their game to the level that you know we expected. How are we supposed to expect these guys to grow their game when we've got Provorov who is a decent skater, Sanheim who is a decent skater, Myers who was a decent skater. We've got guys on this team that have the ability to transition the puck up the ice, but the first second they get the puck is just Neanderthal hockey. We're just playing north-south along the boards. They're petrified of using the middle of the ice. Um, this team dumps the puck in. I think I was looking at stats more than any other club in the league, and it's not a surprise that they're not able to generate anything offensively.
0: Yeah, like the the amount of dump-ins, the dump and chase strategy. It's like uh, Charlie O'Connor had had some good uh, had some good thoughts about dump and chase this week, and it was really I think it was in his piece on the Athletic. Maybe I saw it on Twitter. I can't remember, but it was uh like it's not an inherently flawed strategy, but you have to be able to like skate and win battles, and they. They're not fast enough to play dump and chase. Straight up. No. They can't play dump and chase because they will not win a race to the puck. So you are just punting. That's all you're doing is just punting the puck and saying, okay, we're going to make you go 200 feet with it. Like uh, there's just – there just seems to be no plan. that This team has no plan.
18: Yeah. Um, and, and just make one last point here. I, I know I'm taking up quite a bit of time, but, um, in terms of, in terms of these kids, um, that was the big hope coming out of those Hextall years was that, you know, even if whatever we didn't bottom out, which, you know, that's long and done now, that we would get some pretty good players out of this outside of maybe Farabee, who I'm not sure we can even include anymore. Every single one of these kids has stagnated. At some point, this organization needs to stop blaming the players, shipping out guys who miraculously do better the minute they get on a different team, as in Ghost or Vorchek, and needs to hold itself to some accountability of why all these draft picks and all these kids just stagnate.
0: Yeah, that's there's doesn't seem to be anybody, and thanks a lot, Joe, like whose trajectory continued up. And I'm not even saying like And then became a superstar because that's really hard to come by. And we all know where they were picking in the drafts. like, getting superstars there is basically luck. Um, Although some teams seem to do it and the Flyers just don't get lucky like that. But, like, it doesn't – like, a two- to three-year trajectory – like, a guy who got better and then got better and then got better again. Like, not even became a star. Just, like, was a fourth liner that became a second liner, you know? like Or something that makes you think, like, development over several years is possible. Like, Phil Myers got fucking worse, you know? Like, Travis Sanheim had, like, 35 even-strength points or something a couple of years ago. And now, like, he's got fewer points than Justin Braun. Like, it's... I... Jesus. Let's just get some more calls in here. Uh, Zach Boyle. Zach, you're live on the post
9: game. Hey, Bill. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Uh, uh, I've been much better. I feel uh, you. I'm so tired of telling all of my friends that don't like <laughs> hockey that this is the year that they need to watch the Flyers. And then just to absolutely have cake in my face is just – I'm tired of it. But – the the real point that I wanted to make was I am so tired of them dragging out Joel Farabee and Rasmus Ristelainen and, and have them give these, these non-plause answers about like, oh, why are you not doing well? And the, the, the media is asking these softball questions like, oh, what could you have done better tonight? No, ask them the hard-hitting questions. Why are you not pissed off? Like, what? What what is what is going on? Like are are you not as furious as I am that you are getting embarrassed by the fucking New Jersey Devils? What is happening? What why? Yeah, what, and like not that ties, pissed
0: off. That ties into like if you're not mad, do you think this team's good? Like do you think this is, like the players? Like honestly, they're gonna say yeah they think the team's good. Well then why aren't you playing well? And if you're not like then why isn't every like. Are chairs getting thrown in the locker room? Like, is there any like, – does anyone have any sort of plan to turn this thing around? Is anyone taking control of this shit? Like, every single player, every single coach, that's, how do these things keep happening?
9: That's my biggest problem. So I remember – the. so I started liking the Flyers back in, like, 2006-ish, and – I remember that if things weren't going the way that they wanted them to go, there were people that were laying other people the fuck out. And it wasn't even a question. It wasn't like, oh, this might happen. It was like, no, it's a certainty. Like someone is going to get laid out by J fucking Rosehill. Like that, that was the Flyers. And that is the Flyers. And I don't understand why this team just rolls over and fucking plays belly up every single time. They they just don't even try. Like, where's the effort? Where's the pride? It it just doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, and thanks a lot, Zach. It's this whole thing is just incredibly frustrating right now because I, I don't even think the wheels have fallen off yet. And shit if it doesn't look like they're going to, and then how ugly does it get? Like, man, we're talking about trading Giroux earlier and it's something I never even would have considered, and I still think realistically it's a long shot, but, man, for the first time ever, I'm thinking, do they just have to? Like, is it just is it just going to be one of those things? Like, he's a guy on an expiring contract who isn't – it's just never going to be – well, oh man, really? Like, is it over? Is this how the Giroux era ends? God damn, that's depressing. All right, did we get anybody else? Uh, all right, we have a couple of, oh, 60. 60 hasn't gone on yet. Mr. 69, you are live. Uh, there you go. Now you're live.
19: Hey, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, happy Thanksgiving. I know you watched the rest of the league and, like, you watch, like, Colorado, Edmonton, uh, Calgary this year. They're pretty good. Vegas, like, they're all fun teams to watch. If they're playing hockey, what the fuck are the Flyers playing?
0: Man, somebody called it earlier like Neanderthal hockey. And like I wish it I honestly wish it was that. Because if you were gonna suck like getting three fights a game. But it's like it's all the worst parts of Neanderthal hockey without <laughs> any, without any of like the fun parts of it. It's just like not being able to pass the puck. Like, that's basically – it's – I don't know. They are, it's, it's not a modern – whatever they're doing, strategy system, the level of skilled players that they have, whatever the problem is, it's just not up to the modern standards of, like, how much skill you need to win in this league.
19: I think this giant event session, I think we all figured it out. Like, it's the development and, like, I guess, like, player development, like, for this entire team. The, I, they honestly just look out of shape compared to every other team that's on the ice. They constantly look like they're hunched over, tired. You, you don't see that from any other team that we're playing. And then, like, I know we're talking about, like, trading Claude Drew and everything, but, like, we trade Claude Drew, like, we're, we're, we're essentially the Phoenix Coyotes then. Or yeah. the Arizona Coyotes, whatever the fuck you want to call them.
0: No, that, I mean, and that's, it, like, that's the scariest thing is they don't have – they don't have anybody even remotely close to being able to replace what he does.
19: Like, And he's
0: not what he was, but he is still the best player on this team.
19: It's, it's crazy, too, because, like, yeah, we traded away uh, Jake this offseason. It's like, oh, yes, it's changed the chemistry in the locker room and switch things up. Well, fast forward about, like, six months, we're still in the same exact spot. And you look over at Columbus, Jake's still getting almost a point a game. And it's kind of you're just, like, looking at yourself like, well, what the fuck did we just do? now yeah, we're not no, they, scoring and
0: <laughs> they scapegoated some guys and like maybe those guys wanted a change of scenery it's not like they outright mm-hmm. said but like we had uh, we had Paul Holmgren on on Broad Street Hockey and he was like you know I think they I think they did have to get rid of Jake like and he didn't say Jake specifically but he just said some guys you watched who just needed to be somewhere else maybe they didn't want to be here anymore so it, maybe it's not just all on us but god damn you scapegoated these guys that was the problem the mix just needed changing the it did it wasn't a fit on the ice it wasn't a fit off the ice well you changed the mix and it still tastes like
15: shit
19: yeah no i agree i i think i think you hit the nail on the head in the beginning where it's like we need to just get move on from uh av uh, it just—they need something else behind the bench because th- clearly nothing's getting to them. I mean, we still have JVR out on power play one. What the fuck has that guy done all year to deserve to be on power play one? Um, it, it's just that's what's like. I can. There's no accountability. With, yeah, I can
0: live with certain certain guys not producing, but like TK and JVR, they have to score. That—that's the only way this thing works. TK and JVR have to score like five times as many goals as they've scored. And it's just – it's there's just nothing there.
19: It's like not even like you're asking for a ridiculous thing. You're like asking for like JVR and like TK to put up somewhere between twenty five and thirty goals. That's it.
10: Yeah, I'm one. not
0: asking. I'm not asking anybody
19: <laughs> to go out and score fucking Jeff Carter forty six goals. Like no. that'd be
0: cool. That'd be cool and all. But like I'm asking for a nort like something that Joffrey Lupul and fucking Scott Hartnell were able to do all the time. Score that many goals.
19: Yep, I agree. Thanks, Bill.
0: All right, thanks, dude. Uh, I still see that we have lots of people lined up here. Uh, I'm fairly certain. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I didn't do two other post games. Nikki Hall is back. Nikki.
12: Oh, there, there we, we go. go. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. Honestly, I know it's probably gonna kill a part of me, but like and honestly it's going to it, it's what colorado did with one of their star players i think it's time we move on with g like he deserves to win a cup i really don't think he's going to win it here i really do not like i mean un- yeah
0: this team is so far so unless
12: far unless we have some massive turnaround in a span of like 2 days or 2 weeks even it, it's just not going to happen and like people kind of look at saying, oh, well, we're dropping a core piece. Why would we do that? It's like, uh, did you see what Colorado did in dropping a core piece? And look where they are now. Now, granted, we're not Colorado. No, we're not Colorado. Far from Colorado. We can actually be better. We can even be better than Colorado by dropping that core piece, doing some kind of shakeup, because this team, in the win-now mode, desperately fucking needs it. Like, We can't go another 10 more years or another decade without another Stanley Cup. Like, I want to see at least one Stanley Cup in my lifetime. You know.
0: I feel you, Nikki. Thanks a lot. Uh, like it would take just the, the thought of matching up with Colorado and being better than them eventually. Like that will take ten years. Like honestly, especially if you're you're not adding. You know, you're you're trying to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they. I don't know how they get out of what the, the position they're in right now. I do, like, I do think it's – I don't think they're going to trade Claude Giroux. I think they are going to try to continue to band-aid this thing. Uh, and maybe you get lucky, you win some trades, and, um, you know, bring home Johnny Hockey. Uh, but I, I don't think the, I, I don't think the franchise, the organization, has the stomach to bottom out. And trading Claude Giroux, not re-signing him. Um yeah, that would be uh that would be me out. I don't think they have the stomach for it. Dan Allen, you're live.
13: Oh, uh by the way, Kyle Wellwood is Eric Wellwood's brother. He used to be a player for the Maple Leafs, just just to throw that at you from earlier. Um I think it's funny that in five years the last five years, the Flyers have gotten a horrible head coach fired in Dave Haxtell, and now they're about to get a Hall of Fame head coach fired. So uh, maybe not, maybe not the coach. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah.
0: I mean, we heard from everywhere, like Elaine Vigneault. You will like him in the beginning, and eventually the message wears off. Uh, I loved what I saw that first season out of Vigneault, even before their run, January to March. Like, the process looked better. You could see it building. They, you know, and then until that mid to end of December, just, you know, everything went to shit because fucking Jesus Christ, one of their teammates got, you know, diagnosed with cancer in the middle of a career season. Like, it kind of kicked the shit out of everybody for a little bit. Um, And then they turned it on and played the best hockey I've seen them play in, you know, seven, eight years before that. Uh, I was really happy with Vigneault. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a, I can't. It's a I can't just say it's the players right now. Like I don't want to put it all on Av, but I'm not just scapegoating him too. Like this oh, team just stands yeah. still way too often. Like Fair fucking, no, if no, Nate I, Thompson I, I, was healthy, Nate Thompson would be in the lineup. Like there's just little yeah. shit he could be doing that he's not.
13: Yeah, no, I I agree and that that coach message thing is you know we heard the same thing about Peter Laviolette and that turned out to be true. So yeah, you know. Yeah. Probably something to that, but the uh, the last thing that I that I noticed was before the game, uh, Charlie posted the lines on Twitter, and I was looking at them, and I thought that the way the lines for the Flyers look, their fourth line is made up of guys who shouldn't be in the NHL. Their third line has Limblom and Lawton on it, which would be a great core for a fourth line. Their second line was Farabee, Frost, and Atkinson, which is a great third line on a good team, and Drew and connecting are probably second line wingers on a good team. So they got a lot of players playing up in the lineup and I think maybe that's where this, you know, this dichotomy we see between them and other, you know, higher level NHL teams you might watch uh, is coming into play.
0: Oh, 100%. Like they don't cuz and thanks a lot, Dan. Like they don't have that the studs at the top and they're built to win on depth and that depth got hit a little bit and it all fell apart. Like I Jesus, uh, Hunter Moyer, Hunter, hey, you're live.
2: Hey, Bill. Uh, I have I have a better chance of winning the lottery and then getting struck by lightning on a sunny day with no clouds and the Flyers winning a fucking Stanley Cup in the next two years. Oh, that means well, hey. two. Yeah. Oh, my bad, Ten. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um on on a, on a serious note though, Keith, Jacks, or Keith, I don't remember who the hell it was in the the post game uh, on NBC, but they said. That in practice, that that's all they would practice. If I was the coach, all I would practice was the power play. And honestly, like going into practice, like h- how do you take practice serious? Because and then translate that over to a game. Because in practice, you can go, okay, you're the the orange team. This other team's the white team. You're gonna have the white team's gonna have four guys. The orange team's gonna have five, like a power play scenario. But either way, you're going up against your own team and your own team, shit. So yeah, it may be well. on on paper or on practice, but when you translate that over to a game, like, oh, well, now we're fucked.
0: (laughs) I always – and thanks a lot, Hunter. I always thought about that in terms of shootouts. Like, for a little while, like, they were – they kept picking the same guys in shootouts, uh, and, like, they would never score. And, like, Wayne Simmons – and he eventually, like, he put in a few and, like, got better. But they would just keep choosing Wayne Simmons, and he would never score – and I really just realized, like, he probably has one move that drives Briz nuts. So he keeps like winning the end of practice tournament or something with it, and so they keep picking him. But he only, like, it's only because our goalies are terrible, you know? Like, maybe I, yeah, who knows? Who the fuck knows? Like, our penalty kill has been pretty good. So I, gee, they have, they just don't have enough good players. Like, when it comes down to it, they're they are just short on good players. Fuck you is back.
10: It's me. Yeah. Hey, Bill. I just want to first say thank you for going so long tonight. I know that you've got other stuff in your life, and uh, just wanted to thank (laughs) you for putting this show on for everybody. Um, One thing somebody brought up earlier, and you talked about, was the upward trajectories the first three years of when we we drafted somebody, and did did they get better? Did they get better? Did they get better? And I started to think about the last 10 10 plus years, well, about 10 to 12 years. And I can't think of anybody but Giroud that improved over his first three years. I think Couturier did, but it was like really slow. And I think maybe Lawton, but he he kept getting sent down uh, and, and was kind of got told to be in his place. So then I started to think about the other draft choices they've been making, and I feel like they've been taking chances. They've been gambling on picks versus people that seem more um, like more sure. I don't know what you think about that. But yeah, but a lot of yeah. times when I, see the, when I see the draft stuff, they're like, this guy went up 20 picks in the last week because of this, and it, it seems like flyers will go for guys like that instead of people that are like certain.
0: Yeah, and thanks a lot. Um, I, I don't – like, overall draft strategy, we t- I was talking earlier about how um, you know, it just seems like sometimes they they want too many Sean Couturier's, uh, you know, great all-around game, you know, rather than, like, yeah, take a guy on a chance with just one high-end attribute and see, it, like, if he develops a second thing that's, like, pretty good, well, then goddamn, you have a nice player. Uh, but they just—you uh, go for someone who's like good at everything and not great at anything. Well, that's basically what kind of team you have. Uh, you know, I'm not saying like they're even good at it. You, you. You know what I'm getting at here, Harris Barnes.
7: Harris, you're live. Um, yeah. Going back to that uh, drafting point, uh, that's why. Like, I uh, if I were um you i like i would appreciate the the forster pick because like he's an elite sniper the unfortunate thing is i think lappy might be ruining him because the hl team's a joke
0: yeah and he's hurt now and we'll see how that all turns out but like yeah no that's you know what elite shot absolutely take it like get that guy get the guy who can like has the ability to one day score a ton of goals like Will he hurt you in other aspects? Maybe. Maybe there are parts of his game that are detrimental, but throw him on the fucking power play, you know? Like Make it work.
7: Yeah, he, I mean, like, you watch his draft year like, film, and he, like, he shoots, the, like, a poor man's Atlanta truck. Like, that's how good he is, and if he develops other things, that'd be great, but you put him on a power play, maybe at some point he does, but, I mean, his development right now isn't looking great, but the other thing with development is that uh in most cases it's not all just on the nhl organization it's on the players to to develop themselves and it's on the chl uh, ncaa or european pro teams with that too but a lot of those people really don't care about that stuff so that makes it tough but yeah i mean draft yeah just draft guys who score a ton and then you can fill out the other positions with free agent signings and trades i don't know but yeah the flyers uh it's a it's a soft team and like it's just not a fun team. But that's kind of the problem with hockey. It's just like the game's gone skill, skill, skill. And there's not like o- the only tough players. It seems like come out of Western Canada from the Dub, and like the teams that aren't skilled like aren't even fun to watch anymore. So like I can see why older heads like don't even like watching like this style of a game unless you have that like Toronto, Edmonton, Florida, Carolina style of talent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like you need you need high-end talent to, like, one, just be watchable because your team won't be able to keep up with the other teams if you don't. And it is such a skill game that you can't really get by on grit. Now, there are teams, you know, there are the outlier teams, but that's what they are, outlier teams. Um, You do need that high-end ability. And fuck if the Flyers just, like, no sniper, no speed, just bunch of pretty decent guys you know a bunch of guys you'd like to have on your team but that's like that's it they're all that guy yeah yeah I would love to have him around you know oh no he's not on my first line but like love having him in the lineup like that's they're an entire team of those guys I don't even know who I just put on Joe Hill Joe Hill's live
18: Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks again here, Bill. Just um, a couple other points. It's a pretty interesting conversation. Um, I'll throw out a question at you. In the top, let's say 55 current NHL point producers, like the top 55 guys, how many flyers do you think are in that list? Two. Zero. Wow. Claude Giroux, I think, is around 60. Uh, with a few other guys. Um, but just for um, you know any hesitation this organization might have about needing to do what truly needs to be done and not just one trade here and there, Claude Giroux was drafted in 2008. He remains the top point producer on this team. Yeah,
0: no, the, the failure and the failure to build around him throughout his entire career is really like an organizational embarrassment. But at this point to just not even have anyone he's declining and you don't have anyone who's close to as good as him. Still it's, it's, it's a fucking phenomenon. Honestly, like to go this long without another really good player, like yeah, Jake, Jake's nice. Jake's a nice player. I don't think anyone would say, like, straight up, who's a better hockey player? Nobody in the world would pick Jake. You know, like, Sean Couturier, yeah, nice two-way game. He's the one seeing everything. He's had some years, was put up some goals, put up some points. But, honestly, he's not as good as Claude Giroux. I, I, I'm done pretending, like, his defense brings that much to this organization that, like, he's on G's level. He's not. They have one guy still after all this time.
18: Yeah. So, you know, it's a really good point. I'll throw out one more at yeah, I think we've, you know, all kind of identified different issues. You know, some we might prioritize more than others. Um, Chuck Fletcher is currently president and GM of this team. The oversight he has is Dave Scott, who has been the figurehead of, I would say, the 10 worst years that I've seen um, after being a fan for a very long time. The accountability is lacking in this franchise. We have seen a GM in Hextall held on to for far too long because he refused to fire a coach. We are in a similar territory, I would say now, but yet Scott refuses to step in and mandate change. Montreal fires their GM today. Vegas lets go of their coach last year, who is now Gallant, coach of the Rangers. The standards for this organization of what they held themselves up to since Snyder has passed for those of us who are older fans have fallen so low. That is just remarkable.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Joe. And that's, Like, they they wanted to try to strike a balance. Like, maybe in those Snyder years, we all remember, like, maybe they were a little too reactionary. Maybe, you know, they were too quick to trade a young player or too quick to fire a coach or whatever. But now they're the exact – like, they didn't strike a balance. They just did the exact opposite. Like, now they just wait too long for everything and – Now it looks like maybe they waited too long to pull the plug on this whole fucking thing. A couple more, and then we'll get out of here. AJ Longwell is back. AJ, you're live.
17: Oh, sorry. I I wanted to say something stupid about Colorado. And just, like, you have to remember, they were literally the worst team that's been seen in, like, 50 years since that Washington Capitals team of the 70s before somehow Nathan McKinnon decided to become a god. So... The turnaround there makes literally no sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they just, the top end talent that they acquired in the draft and like getting lucky, like Kale McCarr, hell of a pick, but like, goddamn, I don't think anybody saw like Norris Trophy winner coming, and that's what he's developed into. Uh, like, they just have such incredible high end skill throughout the lineup, and then. Like They make smart moves like, oh, yeah, we need some depth. We need a little uh, playoff toughness. Well, we'll go get Nazem Kadri. Like, we'll build up some speed in the bottom six. We'll have, you know, size and skill on D. And they just – they're an incredible team to watch. It really – when I watch them, it makes me sad thinking about the Flyers.
17: Yeah. uh... Thanks
0: a lot, AJ. Uh all right, yeah. Let's go to Jay Murph. We will wrap it up with Jay Murph.
4: Hey, man, how you doing again, Bill?
0: I am well. I'm
4: good. Good. Sorry. Sorry about a bit earlier. A bit of event there. Um, I want to end things on a on a really positive note. Um, I, I swear Zach McEwen is like um Daniel Carcillo 2.0. Um, I think he's something we really, really needed. Um you know, we've needed an enforcer for a while and there's finally someone that's going to step in, drop the gloves and and protect his teammates and guys like him and Thompson are sacrificing their bodies. So I've just, hopefully these guys will start to pull it together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Jay. Uh, Like I think like if overall the rest of the team was better, like you can survive one of the, and and, listen, I, I like that Dan Carcillo comparison. I think, There might be a little more to Zach McEwen than we've seen. Like, we've seen him show off some skill. He scored two goals, even though they just took one away from him for no reason. But he's made some things happen offensively, shown a few flashes. Uh, But, like, you can survive having a guy who plays a role or brings an intangible or whatever to the lineup, uh, even if, like, they're not necessarily – NHL player, and I'm not even, I think Zach McEwen is, but we're like, we're talking about Nate Thompson. Like, you know, you could, you could justify Nate Thompson in the lineup for intangibles if the other 11 guys were just much better than they are. But since you don't have that and you need every lit, like, uh, you know, uh, victories on the margins, like you got to find that value in the margins. Uh, there's a margin there that you can, you can upgrade. And uh, those little things kill you when you don't have, you know, so many other ways to make up for it. And that's what the Flyers don't have. But, shit, man, we're coming up. Oh, we're over an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm getting out of here. Uh, I'm done. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. As always, this has been a great time. Uh, missed a couple of shows there. Took off last week for, uh, you know, some eh, just some good times. Watched the Clearview game. They beat Washington Township 4-2 to on uh, Wednesday. That was a lot of fun over at Hollydell, and then on Friday, I sat on my ass and did nothing, and that was stupendous. So basically, I'm a Philadelphia Flyer. I sit on my ass and do nothing. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's all the time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Subscribe, rate, etc. You know the drill. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.